Hi, welcome to Below the Line, a podcast where we talk about filmmakers who don't get enough spotlight due to the nature of their career. So forget directors, forget actors. Here we'll talk about the unheard of legends that have created some of your favorite movies, like composers, production designers, editors, cinematographers, and people like today's topic, who is Joe Hisaishi, composer of most Ghibli movies, as well as other movies. Today, we're joined by an incredible first guest. Um, say K. hi, Golden? Aristotle. <laughs> yes, no, this, this is a real Golden. guest. <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. I have, I've made it to be, I've, I've, it so happened that I'm, I'm a guest for every single episode, I guess, at this point. Well, but yeah, um, I'm glad. We're feeling grateful in the holiday season, so don't get ahead of yourself. You're out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm I'm out next month. You know, this is this is just charity. But um <laughs> Benke, you're outshining our real guest of honor. Oh um, yeah. Aristotle. Say oh hi. Hi. This is Aristotle <laughs> from from sunny Los Angeles. Here, here oh, to talk, talk about films. <laughs> I'm so honored to be on this podcast. I'm I'm an mm. avid listener. I could cry right now. Please cry. That was that was incredible. How are you, Aristotle? You know, you know, I'm just I'm just pulling through. You know, <laughs> Watch, <laughs> watching movies. Watching mm-hmm. movies. That sounds Trying terrible. Letting letting why, Nolan's why would... guide me that he doesn't even know that I'm looking at them. <laughs> why would you? Why would you choose to watch a movie? No Did idea. Did you know that Nolan? That about Aristotle watching every five star of yours no i just just look at i look at your what's on your favorites and it changes sometimes but like for some reason that locks into my mind like this must be good now that i know that i'm going to put the worst movies (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna be watching baby geniuses too i can't wait (laughs) beethoven the dog (laughs) um nolan do you realize what a high honor that is like somebody it's like, I think it's better than like saying, you know, you're sexy or you're like, oh, you're funny. Does someone said you have good taste? Well, basically, like... <laughs> Aristotle said all of those things without saying them. So thank you very much for that. No, no, I... no one, you're not sexy and you're not funny. But <laughs> at right. least, at least you have good taste. Yes. Like, at least. I do like to think my letterbox is like a time capsule. For, like it's the only probably worthwhile thing I'll do in my entire existence. So, <laughs> If it can guide at least one person towards one good movie, which means guiding some people towards Emperor's New Groove, I hope that will be the case. I'm almost there. You... I'm almost at the end of the road. <laughs> you're, you're almost at the Emperor's New Once Groove. Once I get through Kiarostami, I get to Emperor's New Groove. Right. It's a natural progression. You're very lucky. I am uh, so jealous of you. I wish Aristotle looked upon my letterbox. I look at your letterbox too. I just, I just put on... Um... way... <laughs> But the only people who do are sex bots (laughs) who start liking my random reviews. And I feel like... Except you can just say my name, all right? (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't a sex bot. That was me commenting all of that on your reviews. Yeah. (laughs) That was all me. That was all me. And it's all true. It's all true. Is nobody going to mention Ben K's letterbox list of all the alien movies in the franchise ranked based on how <laughs> and wet the aliens are with provided commentary about how slimy and wet they are? I had, a, I had an alien phase over the past few weeks. I watched 
I, I, I'm missing like just the Alien versus Predator movies, but I just like went through them all. I hadn't seen Alien Three or Alien Resurrection, the fourth one. Right, you and, have to. Yeah, I mean, you you kind of have to. I feel I'm a changed man because of them. You know, yeah. it started with just me wanting to rewatch Alien, and I just went through all of them again. Alien Alien Three's ass, like it's it's like straight just straight ass like it, it is it is a terrible movie next time we'll probably have all seen mank so we'll be discussing mank and more importantly we'll be discussing the the heinous title of mank the the movie title at some mank. point it doesn't even matter who wrote citizen kane what matters is that someone called that script mank and it's like terrible it's a terrible thing to happen what's wrong with mank like the name no, the title it's Seb, like, it's the it opposite rolls... of rolling off the tongue. Sounds exactly, like it cuts sucks. off your tongue. I don't want to talk after it's, I, I say the tongue in a basket and throws it down the river. I feel like, yeah, the, really like it's one of those movies where you go into the no. theater and you're like, "Can I see that movie at three? And you point to the poster. They're like, "Which one?" And you're like, "I don't want to say the title. Can you just?" I, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> please, please help me out. The, the one, the one that starts with an M or the four, the four letter word. <laughs> Just call it the guy who wrote Citizen Kane. I really liked the guy who wrote Citizen Kane. I think it should be. That's okay. That's pretty good, actually. Of ignorance. Facts. <laughs> That's facts. That's facts. No movie entitled well, "Expected Virtue of Ignorance" has ever done poorly. I can name ten movies named that that did very well. That were, Three of them won Best Picture. Catwoman and the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Mm-hmm. The list goes mm-hmm. on. Batman Returns and the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mulholland Drive and the oh, Unexpected wow. Virtue First, of Ignorance. I, I didn't know it had the Weird. title. And, and Big Eyes' sequel, Big Eyes and the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. I watched, watched Hillbilly Elegy. Before the, before the trailer dropped, I was excited for this movie just because it was like, Glenn Close's perspective, like what she was going to win the Oscar for, finally. And then the trailer dropped and it looked like like shit, like hot shit. And then the poster dropped and it looked like, it looked like, um, like, like I could have made it on my photos app on my phone. Like it was like, it was just like the word, there was like everything, everything oh, about it was bad. That. I can't, I, and it had, it got like a, like a 20% of Rotten Tomatoes. And I still press play on Netflix. That's how much I love Amy Adams. That's like, do you, under, do, do you, do you understand that? Amy Adams, if you're listening to this right now, <laughs> that's, know how much I love you, that I was willing to press play on it. And you know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but because of you, I didn't hate it. Like I was, it was, it was, it was like, okay, all right? But it's weird because I, I feel like people weren't like, the only person who thought the trailer looked like shit was you. And then now that everyone's saying it's shit as a movie, you're like, guys, no, it's not. It's good. It's okay. Listen, listen. It's, it's, funny. it's one of these movies that I'm not going to go out of my way to like, 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 like just to shit on, but I, I'm not going to defend it either. I do not recommend right. you waste two hours of your time to watch this. There's other it, better things oh, even wow. on Netflix. Okay. In summary, Ron Howard deserving of the Oscar for Best Director over Spike Lee. This year? Yeah, just this year. Well, no. 
<laughs> Has I mean, he those ever? Are, those no. are the only two people nominated. <laughs> they, exactly. These are the only. They should really do that. They should make it Spike Lee and the two movies he made this year, The Five Bloods and the, the American Utopia concert. The, the American Utopia concert. Just, just against each other. Fight off each other, yeah. So the 1v1. <laughs> Who would win? He's hmm. sitting there. It's just Spike Lee versus Spike Lee and Green Book still wins. It's like amazing. It's like... <laughs> um, <laughs> guys, when, when does winter start? Um, December 22nd. Well, really? Um, that late? Maybe? That's pretty, it's so late. I feel like the winter solstice is pretty late. Aristotle's well, on Huntington Beach. You're going to have to define what winter is because I don't know if it's <laughs> word. December 21st. Winter is when <laughs> it's a, it gets a little bit more windy. Well, <laughs> I don't I, know how to transition. Just, I'm trying to find a way discuss... to transition into this topic Nolan wants to talk about, but I have no idea what it is because it just he just wrote down winter vibes. So I'll just say that <laughs> I'll, I tried. Nolan, Nolan, talk about your winter vibes. What have you been doing? What's winter like in Oregon? What I would love to talk about. This is geared towards Aristotle now because I know that oh my he's God. my biggest patron on Letterboxd. <laughs> I will be making my annual winter vibes list of like oh 30, 40 movies that just exude winter. That will be dropping probably later tonight. Oh my gosh, the winter vibes mixtape. We record this on the last day of November, Monday, November 30th. It will probably be here by the, the clock turning to December, Oregon time. So I have a little more time to work on it. Just know okay. that the, the list, it goes all around the world. It goes all throughout the history of cinema. And there is Nancy Myers on it. Mm, Myers wow! On yes. So yep. I mean, if the if it ain't if it ain't the holiday, if you're if the holiday ain't on your on your winter vibe list, that's true. But we, well, we need to have a conversation, guys. You know it. Follow follow Nolan Lampson and on on Letterbox to get his list, or go to nolanlampson.com. Is that still going on? It's still, <laughs> it's still, podcast, there. It's just still a letterbox plug. It's still live on the internet. I don't know if it's still Come going. On. Yeah, follow it's... Nolan Lampson comedy. Come on, guys. Come on. Let's go. Wow. Oh, I'm entering um, NolanLampson.com right now. Look, it says NolanLampson.com is, 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 is filled to the brim of, of years long of film analysis. Um, entertainment industry analysis. It is dripping with knowledge. It's it's mm. dripping, just just seeming at at all. Like it doesn't. It can't even fit on my computer screen. All of the intellect. Wait, I want to mention something. How many I have mention you? Something. Mention mention something. I watched this movie, <clears throat> Happiest Season. Talking about bad movie titles, not the best movie title. Like it's a little. Still mediocre, but the movie is not mediocre. This which season, which season? Hallmark. Which is mm, the happiest season? The ha- What is that? It is. It is the holiday season. Oh according according to this lovely Hallmark Hulu slash Hallmark movie, it is happiest season is a lesbian rom com slash holiday hallmark movie but it's not actually hallmark it's just trying to be that starring Mackenzie davis and Kristen stewart um i was really excited for this movie because of just like how silly it looks you know it just embraces the silly so so well and it delivered 
And you guys, you guys got to watch this movie. If you want your happiest season delights fulfilled, you got to watch this movie. So it's this is Hulu. new release. This is new release. Um, this <laughs> just... No one's like, what, what do you mean? Are they still Wait, making movies? They're making it's movies in 2020? They're still, I cannot believe, this might be the, if this is the last movie that's ever made, I would not be upset about it. I'd be, is, okay. Is this streaming on Solar Movie or Tubi or Peacock? This is some, this is some voodoo, actually. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Joe Hisaishi. Wait, Joe Hisaishi. let's talk about, let's talk about, wait, no, let's just talk about <laughs> no. the Queen's Gambit first. Queen's Gambit. The Queen's okay, Gambit is not a miniseries. It's a reverse Irishman. Everyone's trying to make it a miniseries, but it's a movie. It's, it's a, a movie. movie. Just put, just put movie. it together. It's, it's a movie. I'd like it to be known that I beat what? seven chess Why would it be a movie? three times in a row. <laughs> That's the thing. I was going to mention that. Yes, <laughs> Aristotle. Aristotle is on the podcast for one reason only. To brag about just destroying <laughs> <laughs> the first time uh, I tied him, and then we played three more games, and I beat him every time. Just stop there, bro. You should have stopped. I started playing chess, and now I realize that I'm I'm not very good at it. No, um, you have the potential. That, that, oh, thank you. You're so kind. What a what a what a, what a, what a, what a I thought I was like, you can take lessons from me if you want. You can <laughs> you can pay me like. 60 bucks an hour for me to give you a lesson in chess. Um, anyways, it's my, it's my um, after, after playing Aristotle, I will say that I did beat um, Benkei. So, oh yeah. I helped I, you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Aristotle. Thank you, Aristotle, for <laughs> helping him. Listen, you know, if it was, I was not in this because I don't like to lose. So I would never <laughs> play a game of chess with anyone here. You would never like play a game with anybody, actually. Uh, I don't. I don't play games. <laughs> I have a business to run. You, like... you, you played. You played a win. <laughs> yeah. You always win in movies. Exactly. <laughs> 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 I'm always winning in movies because I'm just watching it. I'm like, this is. Not, no, I'm winning here. <laughs> I want. You know what game I won? Bandersnatch. Because <laughs> 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 I chose the best ending. I, I won. Lost. Nice. Nolan, you got so many points at the end of that. That was so good job. Good job. Good. I got to keep the red box for two more days because I just beat the game. <laughs> the red box. <laughs> it was actually you can catch it wow. now on Voodoo, I think. I think it's on Voodoo at this point. Yeah, it has to be on Voodoo. Yeah. The Lego, you know, little Lego movie. I, I has anyone watched like the Lego movie that's like Lego Bandersnatch? It's not new. It's, it's like on Netflix? Netflix? No, it's just, I don't know. I, I used to rent it when I was a kid because I loved it. And it was like a choice thing, but it was Legos. Bandersnatch, like, yeah, it's like... That's awesome. It was like a choose your, choose your own time. adventure. Lego? Yeah, choose Wait, your own what adventure. What Lego was it? Was it like Lego City or like Lego Nothing. Batman? It was just like random Legos. And then you could take like one choice would lead you to like a storyline, which was like a skull island Peter Pan type of vibes, but it was like pirates and stuff and voodoo. And then the other one, I think, was like a haunted mansion. I have no idea. It, I just remember there was a garden. <laughs> and then you could go behind the garden Secret or you garden. could go inside a Did hole. That'd be kind insane. We're going to give host power to Aristotle now because you're just out of control. Thank you. Fine right now. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. Let's Lego, talk like, about no more except for like girl 200, 300 seconds. And Lava Boy. 
<laughs> Wait, no. Okay. Okay, I'll stop. Okay. No, I'm just well, kidding. I'm joking. Queen's Gambit was Queen's a good Gambit. show. Loved, loved Anya Taylor Joy. That's all everything I have to say. If, if you haven't watched it at this point, I'm a I little have not concerned. watched it. I wonder if watching it deters your chest. Nolan skills. hasn't. If have you, you haven't seen it yet? You're the Gambit. Mm. You're, you're mm-hmm. the have you mm-hmm. watched it, Nolan? Nolan? Nolan, have you watched it? You know, I've been really busy over the last few weeks. <laughs> been, um, oh my god, from, not from this. From the Marvel Cinematic Universe that my roommate told me to watch in chronological order, I did not finish the challenge. I did not come close to finishing the challenge. But I have found the only Marvel movie that I would ever consider watching again, and it was Iron Man 3. I don't understand, but it's okay. I loved Iron Man 3. I loved it. I why did you like it? I will it? I think it was that it took itself seriously, even though it's an Iron Man movie. See, I don't like when superhero movies take themselves seriously until I think that they're gonna be funny and disarming and then they take themselves seriously. And then, <laughs> so it's like the opposite of Infinity War, which was like so serious, but then it tried to tell a joke like an hour in and I was like mm. Fuck this! Like, there's no. I feel like I feel like so Ragnarok like, did that perfectly though. Like they didn't they get just to it, made fun of themselves. You should skip over to that. I, I think that's the best one. A couple light years over to it, yeah. How many did you watch? I watched five. Oh no wait! I think you you must have watched more. Nineteen twenty. let's see. There was the first. If you the, okay, if you watched Iron Man, Iron Man two, Thor, then, Captain America, okay, Avengers, Avengers. Oh, and then I saw um, the first ten minutes of the Dark World, and that was that was <laughs> a, that was where it. you quit. That was the that cat. was where you did it. When I was young, after I watched Thor: The Dark World, I said for like months that it was my favorite movie. Wow! I was completely wow. serious. Unexpected. Oh, were, okay, really? Were asking you this, or were you just going around announcing at the dinner table? No, Thor: The Dark someone World. Someone asked me what my favorite movie was. I said Thor: The Dark World. Well, wow. I'm like, what year I'm, was I'm that? I'm curious. It just whenever it came out, probably like yeah, I think it was like a year after Avengers. I, I get Maybe it. My dad, I kind of get dad it though. Show, like, made was forced me to watch Fellini at the time. Yeah, it's I'm funny because like, I'm, I'm judging you. <laughs> I'm judging you only because I know it's not a good movie, but I've never watched it. Like, it's not like <laughs> it's <laughs> like <laughs> that's cool elves. It has. Sorry. It's kind. It's like kind of cool, but also really boring. I have no idea how I sat through that. What's the best it. Marvel? No. Best Marvel, everyone. Um, hmm. I like you, Nolan. You're gonna hate me for this, but I, I do, I do love mm. me some Avengers: Infinity War. Like, this is this is like deeply embarrassing. But I'm, I'm gonna just out myself on the pod real quick. My <laughs> most watched movie on Letterboxd. <laughs> Is Avengers: Infinity War? Would you guys like to guess oh, how many Parasite? times? I, ten. I have. It is ten. It is ten <laughs> times. Ten. Oh my god! <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> say seven. And, and by the this is not. I mean, I I've seen other movies more times than that, but right. since I've gotten Letterbox, probably within the last like three or four years, yeah. it's, it that's the one. Any less, I would just leave it. Like it had to be a double-digit number. <laughs> I think for me, it's probably The Room. Really? I started making excuses to watch that movie, just like, oh, my leg hurts. I can't do anything today. Uh, I, I guess it. I have to watch The Room. Yes, I gotta I do it. To... That, that was probably have... 10 times in a month. Nolan, have you seen uh, The Room in, in like the movie theater for like a midnight screening? Yeah, I, I met Tommy Wiseau himself. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. 
and I had to buy a bobblehead that I still have in my house right are now. You, are you taller than him? Yeah. Actually, I don't know. I think we're, I think so. What did he smell I like? I remember it wasn't even the smell. It was that he was wearing chains on every part of his body. He was, he was probably, wearing what? He was probably 50 extra pounds with chains. Like there were just chains. <laughs> back <laughs> on his feet like his around his ankles just oh everything. my god this was like after a midnight screening of of the room exactly so it's like a like a big mess of spoons and stuff like yeah, on the floor and he comes out spoons, the red dresses yeah there were like there were 30 oh year old men wearing dresses and lipstick it was that's it was incredible a great time i yeah. i went to see it once i don't think i saw anyone in dresses but it was it was like insane like if you things i got hit on the head by by objects that i'm not i couldn't really see but they were really heavy and they hurt a little bit you trust that they're like they're fine you know (laughs) um so uh joe we're talking joe Joe. we're talking joe 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 is a sheep for those of you who don't know him he is a music composer from japan whose most known work is directing Miyazaki films, which are Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, My Neighbor Totoro, uh, and others. He also has composed other films. Like, he he did a lot of films for... uh, Takashi Kitano, I think is his name. Oh, is he an an anime director? He's a live action. A live action director. He has done also a lot of things with Hisaishi, and Hisaishi has done a lot of, he has done at least like more than 100 scores for different movies from anime, wow. live action, different stuff, or just albums. So he's made a lot of it. We won't talk about all of it because that would take a lot of fucking time. <laughs> we'll focus on Ghibli because that's what we've seen because we're basic bitches. I did start one Kitano film. I did. I have not finished it, but it's it's interesting. Did to you see did you watch it? Did you watch it in Live preparation action. for this, or just like on just on your own, like something else that you wanted to watch? For preparation for this, because I was like, I haven't watched any other film he's done except Ghibli films. Uh, uh-huh. To diversify my perspective. <laughs> oh, look, <laughs> oh like, wow! Look at you. I, I wasn't. I didn't finish. No, I, I wasn't going to do it, and I was just going to hear the music, because I didn't have time, but then I listened to the theme, and I was like, oh my god, this is so good, I love it, I want to watch the film, <laughs> and then the film's been nice too. Very oh, weird. Have you what seen any Kitano it? film? Any What's of you? I don't think I've so. I've not. Sorry, is- let me ask. There's a guy who Benki and I both, lo- okay, we're going to have to shout out a YouTuber for a second. Benki and I both love this guy. Named Dyson. Oh, Seb loves him too. Excuse me. Excuse me. I showed Daisuke to Benke. Wait, no, what? oh my god, I wanted to tell you. Um, Seb commented like happy holidays or something like yeah. that on his videos. And yeah. then he responded. Yeah, I've done that too. Benke, <laughs> are you the only one he hasn't responded to on YouTube yet? I don't think I've commented on it. I have yet to comment on it. Like, thank you, my friend. Like, he's beautiful. Stop. Wait, wait, who, who is this? This, wait, Nolan, give, give the rundown. 
he's a he's a man he's a japanese american man living in tokyo as a lawyer but he also moonlights as a man who owns like every criterion ever and organizes them by his spine number and does like four hour live streams of like different movies every weekend wow. I, I cannot understand or fathom how he has time in his life to either own watch or talk about that many movies anyway he's doing a series right now on katana so that's why oh. i heard a little oh, bit really Perhaps we oh, should have um, had on the show as well. <laughs> he would have said I, yes. He would have said, he would have said yes, yes, because he's so nice. Because we've all commented except for Benke on his. Uh, but Di- But um, the thing about Daisuke, though, you could hate movies, like hate, absolutely despise movies. But his voice is so calming. You will. It's just so soothing, and he speaks with. He speaks very slowly. And there's so much like depth in his voice. There's such like a good bass to it. It just it just makes you instantly like you're like as light as a cloud. Like I'm like, ah, thank you, thank you, Daisuke. He brings world peace. It's almost like ASMR, but it's just talking movies. It is like his his like microphone is like definitely some kind of ASMR like high high something or other like he's it's like top notch i can hear i can hear the spittle in his mouth like i can hear it all below the line where we talk about youtubers you don't get the respect they deserve such as we're gonna have to drop his link his youtube link wherever we upload these podcasts honestly and then we'll have to say we mentioned you in our podcast and let him reply so i want to see what he thinks of kitano such a weird movie i don't know things about kitano in general but the movie itself is like very disorienting and weird. It's like, it's it feels like it, instead of being separated into scenes, it's like sep- it's like a collage, and there's like suddenly like scenes that are like not even like <laughs> a scene would start and you would expect it to continue or lead somewhere, but it doesn't. But then it comes back and then it comes back again, but it's different, but it's not. And then something happened that hasn't happened already in what you've seen. Yeah. So is the score good though? <laughs> yeah, no, the score is really good. At the beginning, oh, it, it feels like hotel score, like a hotel music. Like it feels like they're going to Puerto Vallarta or something like that, but then it like gets better. Yes, it's good. Um, it's like can, can confirm Joe Hisaishi has done his work in live action as well, and it sounds like Puerto Vallarta, so very nice. Yeah, very what, good. What else can you ask? Anyways, exactly. <laughs> what, what else can we expect of Joe Hisaishi? Um, Joe Hisaishi, can you tell? Can you give us give give you a, give you a rundown? Give you a rundown of this man. Yeah, where well, how did right. he begin? Well. I can tell you that Miyazaki, who has been making movies since the late 70s, um, started working with Joe Hisaishi on his second movie, which is Nausicaa, and that came out in the early 80s. I'm not sure. Is that 84, right? 80, yeah, 84. 80, 1984. And since then, he has uh, done the score for every single Miyazaki movie, and I assume Miyazaki's next movie, which I'm not sure if when that's coming out or if he'll even be alive to finish that movie. But it, there is another movie coming out. But nevertheless, he has, he has done incredible scores for each, each Miyazaki movie. And I hate the word unique, but I think it 
fits. Why? Because you are. Oh. The envy right there. Damn. So Damn. I, I am so envious of the word because <laughs> I want to be unique so badly. Okay. You're unique uh, in my heart. Babe. <laughs> and <laughs> Wait, Aristotle, why do you love Nolan's letterbox and then you love Banke? But then you beat me <laughs> at chess. The only too. thing you do to <laughs> and come and I brag just about add it. <laughs> all about my mother to my watch list because it's on your favorites. <laughs> yeah, because I said so. <laughs> Aristotle, if I put a movie in my favorites that you haven't seen, would you add it to your watch list? Maybe. Oh yeah, wait, fuck. I already have. Oh, I have. Oh, <laughs> it depends fuck. on what the, the cover is. The cover, the cover. Like the, Aristotle you know, really said, judge a book by its cover. I do, okay. and it's worked out for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, examples in you. Okay. Uh, poster, and you were like, no, no way, no way. It, ru- it ruins a uh, movie for me. <laughs> if that good movie, bad poster, I, I'd be caught. You'd be caught dead saying it was a good movie. Then <laughs> I do. Dead. I need to see Julie and Julia again. Julia, yeah, Julia. Julia. I think it's an okay poster. It, it <laughs> could no do a little work. Great poster. Okay. Yes. Anyways, um, Joe Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Um, tell us about the unique thing. The unique I thing. Think, yes. Sorry. I think it's like considering considering like all the different kinds of movies Yuzaki has made, and I feel like although they're very similar thematically, he's never he's straight away from making the exact same movie. And I feel like each movie has its own, its own thing to say. And a lot of that is Joe hard is Joe Hisaishi's score for each one. And again, you can see the similarities between them, but each of them embrace the themes and just what the movie itself is about so well. And it fit, it feels like the music is, it was like baked into the movie. It's so, so well. Unlike, it, unlike anything else, honestly, like it feels, it, it was, it feels like you, it was like, like, a, like a match made in heaven or something like that. It is, yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Um, I yeah. agree. Well, well put. And I'll, I'll put, I'll, I'll, I'll think of, I'll, I'll talk about like specifics, but Aristotle, Talk to yeah. us a little bit about Joe Hisaishi. Okay. I think it's really interesting to see his like progression um, because I was just listening to right before this started his second album, which was called Information, and it literally sounds like disco. And it was made like around the time, I guess, or like I don't know when disco died. Like like but, like seventies. Yeah, was, but it was it was, it was made. It was released in eighty. <laughs> what do you mean when right? disco died? <laughs> It's still it's alive and well. <laughs> um, actually, I think it got to Japan a little later. But in 1982, it released it. And it, at first, it sounds really electronic. And then it starts like getting this disco and there's people singing and stuff. And it's so interesting to hear that. And then in contrast with like the classical like music in Howl's Moving Castle, like Merry-Go-Round of Life, where it's like really like it's really I've seen a lot of classical musicians like just play that and then compared to what he's starting out doing mm-hmm. and yeah. it's interesting um so after he made that album the person who produced it i think was also friends with miyazaki so they went to miyazaki and they're like hey this guy's pretty cool you should uh get him to do nausicaa and miyazaki had just made this manga 
for Nausicaa to show to the studios. And then he showed it to Joe Hisaishi and Hisaishi made a, uh, he made an album just after looking at the manga called the Nausicaa Image Album. And if you listen to that, it's like a lot more electronic too. I feel like Miyazaki probably had him pull the reins in a little bit to make it a little more orchestral. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you watch the actual movie Nausicaa, there, it does, in the beginning, there is a lot of like purely like it sounds like Mario or something, but then it goes into more like strings and things. And I feel like he continued to sort of go with that. Yeah, it's interesting because um, he does have that, like, a, like a unique. Thank hmm, hmm, you. Don't <laughs> don't get don't get mad. No, unique no. quality about about his music, I think, is that he has like. Well, I don't know if this is unique actually, but he has like a ton of, um, influences that are like because he started also with like minimalism too, and he's like he has like classical influences, but also modern influences. Like even his name is based on Quincy Jones, right? Yeah. 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 Um because of Japanese <laughs> the help to be like some translation. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and it makes his music, I guess, come alive <laughs> with like very different stuff and make like it's it's very cinematic, but it's also it reminds me uh, a lot of very... Fantastic Planet. Right, and Nausik is like super influenced by Fantastic Planet, right? Because it, I think like, so. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah probably. Said that. <laughs> the thing about Miyazaki, like in in the eighties, like pre, because it was he started off in the eighties. He made uh, Nausicaa, right? And then he did he did Castle, Castle in the Sky, which and then and then he mm. did Totoro and then Kiki's Delivery Service. All in that, all in that decade, and Joey Taishi did the score for all of these. But the first, you can kind of already see the progression between them because with these, with the first two, I think especially with Castle in the Sky, they're incredibly synthy, like almost like a like a mm-hmm. caricature of like eighties, eighties anime, like eighties like action music, like yeah, it's yeah. It just it just bleeds. 80s music like 80s scores in them and it and it like it fits really really well and it it's like not enough I think so many movies now and even Joe Saishi's but so many scores tend to go toward the symphonic side of it I don't know if it's like a it's like a Star Wars influence or like a John Williams thing and just because he's so popular everyone kind of wants every especially for like big movies everyone wants to like do a huge symphonic score but it's crazy to see these big movies have like a like a a real synthy vibe to them and i and it's definitely there like from his disco influences um with castle in the sky it was so like it was the the score was so like electronic-y that when Disney was making their version, the new dubbed version to release in America, the first time like Americans were able to like actually buy the VHS of it. And, you know, with like a dub that with, with like mm-hmm. a new dub, they changed a ton of it. Yeah. The biggest well, they thing. They added like an hour of music too. They added 
an hour of music. They asked Joey Saishi to make more music and they asked him to make it more symphonic, like take out a lot of the synth stuff. And the newer version has basically all the synth stuff gone. And they thought by like, just like, there's a lot of scenes where it was just like, it was just quiet, you know, it was just like two people talking or something. And I think Disney thought audiences could get bored or something. So they they added like- Of like, Americans will feel like something's wrong if there's like more than five minutes without music music or something. So they just, they just like added like a whole, like the entire movie is now just like constant score. I don't really know what the version that's available now on like most places is, but I would imagine that it's like the original version. But um the they also took out a good amount of scenes. Um they added in in the dialogue itself for the dubbed version, they added a lot more like grunts and like side conversations from people cuz I don't like again like I think it was like in an effort to make people make sure people weren't bored but back to the the score thing it was a, it was like in an effort to make people like they were just worried that audiences would get alienated if they heard a synth score cuz they would think oh this is like uh this is an old movie like I want I want something that sounds newer and it was just like guys this is what it was supposed to be I don't uh, hello I'll never get it. Do they still do that? Like, I feel like I've heard many instances where movies change to like (laughs) adapt to American needs. (laughs) Um, But I don't know if that still happens. Does that does that still happen today? Or people like Um, I haven't heard about it. Like, there might be a bigger influence or a bigger like deal around that because these are technically all family films. Um, and so there's particularly, I think people are very wary of like, well, these are six-year-old American kids. Let's make sure that they don't feel like bored or, you know, distracted. Yeah. Um, right, I but I feel like I, I've heard more instant, like different, I'm trying to think of examples, but I'm not, oh, well. Is, like, do they change, like, is like a score thing? Or they for exa- no, Double Life of Veronique, for example, they changed the uh. ending for that. Yo, can we give a shout out to Double Life of Eric really quick? <laughs> that's a movie. That's a movie. Joe on Double Life. Joe Hisaishi, Eric, those are the doppelgangers. Um, um, I don't know, but I feel like I've, I've heard more movies. I'm not sure. I don't want to be like... I think, I think just... you're right, Seb. Like, there's, there's like, gotta be something of, like, American Hollywood tampering with a, with a foreign movie to, like, make it Seb's better. Like, I was like, I think there's movies better than Titanic, but I can't name them right now. <laughs> I, I think there is, but... I don't know any of them on my head. Wait, I, no, I, I, I swear. Oh, I remember another one. Um, The Deep Red also got cut. Um, but anyways, back to Joe Izaishi. Nolan, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on Miyazaki and Ghibli stuff? Because I feel like... Everybody here, except you, has talked to me in, in, in depth about how much they like some specific Miyazaki movie, or if not all of them. Um, I, I, hmm. I wouldn't use this as an, as an excuse, but I, I think there's a lot of people who grew up with those films. Um, and so there's very nostalgic. And I think talking about the music, 
his Saishi, the way he has this sort of minimalist approach, it's a very sensual approach. It's very nostalgic, the music in itself. It, it makes you like kind of feel like it's about your own life, which I think is a very good talent for any musician or, or artist. Um, but I, I really didn't experience any Miyazaki till I was probably pretty deep into high school, probably freshman, sophomore year. And it was Spirited Away. And it was My Neighbor Totoro. And they were great. I mean, they're, all, they're great movies. They just are great movies. I never carried the, the like, desire to watch all of them or to like watch six of them in a day sort of thing. So there's a lot of them that I still haven't seen. I still have not seen Howl's Moving Castle. I still have not seen most of Princess Mononoke. So there's just a lot that I... I have. I'm excited for you. I think um, we talk about this a lot, but in terms of collaborators, um, and we talked about it last week with, with Paul Hirsch and his collaboration with Brian De Palma, but I think that's one of the biggest ways where people below the line come to amplify their own voice and their legacy is by linking with someone who's you know, adjacently genius and then the work that they do off of each other. Um, and of course, you know, it's always going to be attributed to Miyazaki, the genius who allows his Saishi into the studio to give some cuts, but it's, it's, it goes the other way as well. I mean, I'm sure there's been several moments on every film where Hisaishi gives any sort of cue, whether it sounds like it's disco that's dying out or it sounds like it's this nice kind of piano that would play over a waterfall that changes the scope of what Miyazaki is thinking about as he's editing the film, as he's developing it. So I think the collaboration aspect of a lot of the people we talk about, including Joe Hisaishi, is very important for preserving that legacy that they have. Yeah. I feel like it's part of why I love um, directors who start on the score like in pre-production because then the like the composer can really have an effect on the movie and it just makes everything come together a lot better. I think it's like part that if it wasn't this like collaboration between the two has helped like I mean you can not that I'm saying that like it wasn't it wasn't good like at the beginning, but like you see like the connection between like the score and the movie itself, like, like grow honestly over, over the years, I think. And like, it's, you know, Miyazaki working on, on the score and have involving Joe Saishi with the movie during pre-production, I think, says says a lot about Miyazaki but also like has a lot to do with like the ultimate success of his movies because they feel like kind of everything is being done right here like it's like everything is just tuned to perfection and he's like he's kind of mastered every technical element of the movie itself you have to imagine working with someone for 30 plus years I mean at this point there, there could be films that he has scored in his mind you know well, years before the idea is even brought up because they both have right. abilities. It's like, oh, of course that movie, I've had that movie in my head as well. Here's an opening you know, scene riff for it. And that becomes its own. Uh-huh. Right. And that's why I feel like... So Miyazaki and Joe Hisaishi first worked in Nausicaa. First unofficial... Second Miyazaki film. Second... First unofficial Ghibli film then went on to do Castle in the Sky, first official Ghibli film. And then we go to... Um, My Neighbor Totoro. Name? It would probably no. be Totoro. Is it? It came out in 88, right. I think. 
Yeah. And then. 89. Yeah, 89. And that's also very 80. synth Totoro. Like. Yes, it, for right? sure. Yeah. No, no, no for like sure. A, it is very synth. Teen, teen, yeah. Teen. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Really common thing he does is he has, where he opens with, like the synth, and then the his the piano melody on top of that, and I feel like that does like, kind of set up Nolan. What you're talking about, like the feeling of nostalgia, because you can just recognize whatever melody he chooses, for the whole film. And you could see in the later movies, maybe instead of a synth, he does have strings, but he still mm-hmm. has that like piano starting like you can see it on spirit away it's like really uh-huh. recognizable it's called like one summer's day or something like that i i right. like that it's like a combination it's like a combination of like the the unknown like what what our ear isn't used to which is like a synth and like electronic sounds and like mixing it in with something familiar to us like an like an actual physical like an like a like a physical instrument like like a piano or strings you know and I feel like he he does do that a lot and that's a lot of where the nostalgia comes from like you said um, yeah and even what you said Nolan about like starting or in Benke like starting to work even before like you can even see it on Totoro it's it feels like it's one of the both like this one of his simplest soundtracks like the melodies are very bare kind of (laughs) and it's also like as a movie itself for Miyazaki also feels very simplistic and very like taken away from all the decoration and plot um of his other two yeah that Uh like further like other other films like his like house moving castle or Ponyo, well, Ponyo, no, I don't know, Princess Mononoke have. Yeah, up until that point, he'd done Castle in the Sky and Nazca, which are very, I very, like, plotty, and in my opinion, more of his, like, yeah. convoluted ones, and then here comes Totoro, like, really, really, like, down to the basics, like, core, core human, human emotions mm-hmm. here. Like, like it's all about it's all anime about like hyperrealism. <laughs> like it's it's like tuning into just like the the absolute like core necessities of like childhood wonder, and not to say that it's any less like any less good because it doesn't because it doesn't have this like incredibly convoluted complex plot that's really that's weaved together really nicely, but in Totoro it's just like because he's able to boil it down to the basics he's really able to like get his get get the meat out of it there and with the score I'll tell you that in Japan it's like the 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 songs and just like the the whole score is like part of the culture I mean Totoro itself is like arguably like one of the most famous Japanese movies within Japan like it's like every it's like I, I think of it as the Amer- like the Japanese Wizard of Oz. Like everybody has seen it. It's always on TV. It's kind of unheard of if you haven't seen this movie. It's just so like part of Japanese culture. And yeah, you could see it just in the how widespread the merchandise. Yeah, is. for sure. Yeah. And like you have, and and the same with the score. Like it's just I I kid you not. Like 
they they play like Totoro songs in stores. Like it's like the song you hear in grocery stores, like while you're shopping. Um, so thank you, Joe Saishi, for that one. But the score itself is really the optimal shopping experience. <laughs> I mean, the score itself is really simple in that way that it's like it's just comprised of like so, like these like really light almost like like children's songs but they're so you know i don't even know where i'm going with this <laughs> <laughs> i agree i agree with I everything turkey. you say i don't know about <laughs> japanese looking at it as a wizard of us evidently because i'm not japanese what's the mexican wizard of oz um Roma. Macario. <laughs> yes, Roma. It's the, the great great family movie that everyone has. Uh, the Itu Mama Tambien. The great family film. You can buy little... <laughs> I guess The Wizard of Us here would be a show called... It's not a movie, but it's um, a show called El Chavo del Ocho. I guess that would be... I guess that would be it. Have you seen that, Aristotle? I don't th- is that the guy who the funny guy? There's one version. Only there's one. There's Wait, it's the funny guy. There's there's only guy. one in the and whole country. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen this. It's it's the guy. Yeah, it's it's Does he with, like um, make fun of language in a way. I don't. I'm. I don't know. I haven't analyzed it. It's, it's <laughs> you seen the Wizard of Oz? Properties. Your own country. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I mean, it. How are you not familiar with it? Wait, Wait, you I guess the Mexican Wizard of Oz would. Still but you were the Wicked Witch for Halloween. Oh, I know. Oh, fuck you! I was you a scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, nice, oh, nice witch costume and a wizard hat. I'm only bullied <laughs> here. Everyone bullies me and beats me in chess three times uh-huh, in a row. Uh-huh. You'll beat me I one day. I haven't beat you in chess. One day I will. Well, we have to play, no, but let, you don't like confrontation. If no one played Nolan. seven chess. No, no one would be. <laughs> I think that's true. Actually, <laughs> okay, that's no, no that's one, mean. Aristotle, I will play you again, and I will beat you, and I will I'm come never the next episode back. saying how I beat you. I can even beat <laughs> the team and everything. Hi, this is Seb in the editing room. I just want to announce that I did play Aristotle again, and I did beat him. Um, thank you. That is everything. Back to the podcast. Let's go. Wait, Nolan, what are your thoughts on chess? What are my thoughts on chess? chess? What are your thoughts on chess? You know, I never played it when I was little like most people. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have that nostalgic factor for me. Just has that yeah it's like that that minimalist piano yes <laughs> you you love it you love to see it yeah. i mean it's great it's great it's it's a great game but i don't I'm... <laughs> it's no 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 i never i've never felt play. like playing six games in a row you know uh, so there's a right lot of games there. i haven't played games it's right up there with tic-tac-toe <laughs> chess is up there with tic-tac-toe like, i would put like it above all... personally all all timers games all timers wait the box can we address though something not about chess but yes going back to that um beautiful contribution from nolan because 
Are you saying that you don't really like them that much because you didn't watch them as a child? I feel like that's a bad excuse, no, though. <laughs> no, what I'm, what I'm saying is I have more respect for them because I feel like I watched them when I was eight, even though I didn't. Right. Saying? No, you're totally right. Okay, then I agree. Totally agree. Because I didn't watch. And I watched them when I was in high school, which I thought was just great. They're lovely in that way. Oh, okay. I, I understand now. Okay, no. Um, I agree. Yeah, no. I I think the same thing happened to me because I didn't watch those as a child either. I mean, I did watch Spirit Away. It was a very scary movie. Gave me a lot of nightmares yeah, about like my parents turning into pigs. Yeah, I majority of my nightmares are from... Huh? Yeah, and how, I, I can remember nightmares of when I was five from Howl's Women Castle and Spirited Away. Yeah, Most, those, those yeah and Benke can remember those nightmares of Howl's Moving Castle when he was 17. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what did you say, Nolan? I, I think most of my nightmares were about Aristotle having nightmares about Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes you nightmare it, sphere verse transcendent. I get Aristotle. I can't sleep at night because I'm worried you're gonna have a nightmare about a Miyazaki. Okay. No, I I can't. I just can't do it. I'm so worried about you. I'll never watch We've a all Miyazaki been very movie worried again. About you. Good. <laughs> Stop. Thank you. Except in your dreams. <laughs> so, do, do. In summary, do we want to talk about like some specific Joe Hisaishi scores? Because I've listened to a lot of them. Like, I was real, especially like over the summer. And I think still now, I was like in a huge Miyazaki phase and I watched. I don't think, I mean, some of them, I don't, I think I've, I think when I was watching them again, I was watching them all like again, but I've, you know, I was just kind of like collecting them all like in my memory mm, by rewatching them. Keep them fresh. Yeah, it was, it was really nice to keep them fresh. And um, I listened to the scores a lot. And I, again, I, I don't, there's not a single one I don't like, but. I will name, I will talk about a few that I really, really like. Yeah. Can, yeah. May, may, I, may I? Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. I yes. really, leave your code up I door. really, <laughs> you're like, can I maybe, well, I've listened to I them. Maybe, um, and somebody okay. like, uh, I, all right. <laughs> I really love um, Hanyo's. And Hanyo is not my favorite Miyazaki movie. It is. It is absolutely incredible, but it's not, it is not amongst my favorites. But I think the score, especially in the first like five to 10 minutes where there's no, there's absolutely no dialogue. It is just, it's just score. And it's like Ponyo kind of, kind of waking up with the other fishes and just kind of showing, showing daily life in the ocean. The, the score is so magical it's like if it's like the the music version of glittery like it is is absolutely it's divine i cannot i cannot put into words how this 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 like first 10 minutes makes me feel it's like miyazaki and joe hisaishi were like having this having this beautiful conversation about how much they love the ocean and every and all the wonders and 
and creatures and everything that makes up the magic of the ocean. And in this first, in these first 10 minutes, the score is just absolutely insane. Like it, it like, it's like a big giant blanket like with the shimmer shimmers. And just like, it just take, it just, it, it kind of, it kind of makes me tear up every time I every time I listen to it and every time every time I watch the scene with the music it just goes so well with each other and it works so well like even like without the movie like it's it's just a beautiful piece of music but within the movie it this feel it's like transcends something and I've never I, like it's it's like one of those best like Miyazaki moments honestly this the song if you want to hear it is called deep sea pastures that's like the beginning song right Um, yeah i think it is i agree that's a wonderful this week that's this is he'll edit it in right now he'll edit it (laughs) (laughs) can i even do that like is that like does it not take is it is it it you know it might be it might not be legal to do that infringing on copyright but um i think you can play 30 seconds of a song and not be copyright or like 15. Hi, uh, editing Seb here again. Um, uh, what Aristotle said is not true. Yes, it is against copyright. I don't know if Aristotle is aware of this or if he was actively trying to get us into jail. Um, I guess we won't know. Um, but yes, uh, I hope you research, you, you search up the music, though. We will be saying um, the song's names. Thank you. And back to podcast. Do we want to? Don't take my word. We'll, we'll take a chance. We'll, you we'll guys will hear you. a few if we, notes. If, if BTL is taken off Spotify completely, we'll we'll charge you, Aristotle, exactly. well, the restoration <laughs> fee. We'll be available on Voodoo though, so it's okay. It will, we will be available on Voodoo, so yes. I think we'll be good. <laughs> God's network. Anyways, um, I do agree with Ponyo being such a. It's like a score you can see. And maybe it's because it comes with a movie, but I feel like <laughs> it's just like it's it's still like so vivid. Like it's it it feels so colorful by itself because it's like magical. It's like I don't even know how to put it into words either. Yeah, here you go. Listen, I am listen I am I am truly speechless after this. I one. feel like what I think of is especially with that scene with the whole storm and the flood and everything. Go like all the giant fish that turn into waves and i remember yeah i feel like there's a bunch of horns that are like going up and up and up and almost feels like the waves going higher uh-huh, and, right. and you know riding them that same scene has like this this i don't want to say theme does that is that how you call it i don't know music terms but like you know like a melody mm-hmm. i guess that it's sounds yeah. like what's the song the valkyrs valkyrs the, oh, oh, right of the Valkyries. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right of the Valkyries. Yes, because I was putting it. I was putting it on the car because I, I was, with my dad because I was also in my Miyazaki face and my Miyazaki face over the summer was during, Benke's Miyazaki face, on the summer too, or I should say, Benke's face was during mine, you know, but um, oh, oh, okay, oh, all right, <laughs> <laughs> but I would listen to his sheet all the time like I would wake up go to take a shower put it on there write somewhere if I was going anywhere um and put it on there too and in the car I put some of it and my dad was like 
is this a right of the Valkyries? And I was like, oh, you're right. And I was wondering if maybe, because you know how sometimes they will use a classic song as like replacement? Yeah. yeah, like as yeah. the music is being composed. And then sometimes uh -huh. they'll take some of it as like inspiration to like for the music if they like it. I don't know if that happened. I don't know if they do that in Ghibli, or I don't know if like this guy was just like, I like this music. I'm going to use it for my thing. Or if it was just like accidental, I don't know, but it sounds, it sounds well, rad. I didn't know what CNET is in, like what CNET takes place in. It's like on the storm. And I think the, the, the song where it comes up most, I think is the, I think it's Ponyo oh. Writes a Sea Fish, the song where you can yeah. hear it the okay. most. But it comes up in multiple songs, I think. It's like the storm part and then her just writing the sea fish. Yeah. Aristotle, you love um you love Miyazaki. But I you love, love I know you I know you love I know you love I think Princess Mononoke Princess and Mononoke is the greatest film specifically ever made. Mm. All right, so I, 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 that's settled. I'm watching it. Yeah. Nope. Yep. You got. You got to watch it. I don't it. care if it's... I'm overhyping it. If, if you no, don't like it's... it, you would, You just don't get it. You don't. You don't get it. There's. <laughs> um... Damn, man. She's a princess. Okay. <laughs> no princess. Okay. okay. Come on. You have to respect the gods. I don't know. I, I just... Do you have a? Do you have a? Do you have a track? Can you talk about the score a little bit? You can even just talk about the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's your um, I feel like. Or I feel like I, want, I can talk about the score. I feel like I also really love Nausicaa because what I always remember and whenever I hear one of the very first songs, that's one of the pieces that plays, because um, at the beginning of a lot of Miyazaki's first movies, he had like, I don't know if it was at the very beginning or something happens and then it goes into the credits and in Nausicaa, it's just like this panning of this ancient tapestry that's kind of telling the entire story of what's going to happen. And I didn't really get that when I was little. I was just like, well, those are cool pictures. But you realize it's actually telling what happened before the movie and what's happening like during the movie. It's I didn't get it as an adult, so don't, don't worry. <laughs> but it's really, and he does that in um, Castle in the Sky, too. But while that's happening... Of what I was talking about earlier, like the synth start and then the piano goes and it's just like da -da -da, or something. And the piano just starts. And every time I hear that, I'm just like, whoa, I'm just like put into this. I'm like a computer starting up. Other world. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. a computer yeah. of wonder and sentimentality. Oh my Joey God. Says she scored Windows I opening. <laughs> Imagine if my computer, I wish my computer sounded like uh, that. Yeah, I like wish that. mine. I would make me so excited to do anything on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> but that part, yeah, it's just, and same with Spirited Away. I think it's called like One Summer's Day, but just at the beginning, just that piano starts. Right. And you just like feel like you're plunged into it. I think inter another yeah. interesting thing of Nausicaa, um, where I was talking about the electronic thing, is the first time you see the ohms, like this huge kind of roly-poly, but crab-like insect things. It crashes out of this jungle and Nausicaa's chasing it and it's chasing Lord Yupa. And then all of a sudden this beat just starts 
and it just sounds like Mario Kart or something. I found that I'm watching it with people. Like I did, I thought nothing of it when I was little, but when I watch it with people now, like some people just start laughing <laughs> because it seems so out of place. It's like, wait, I'm like in a video game now. And uh, it just seems, I wonder if Joe Saichi just really wanted that in there or something because it does seem like Miyazaki got him to go more classical as it went on. You gotta love him for what? it. I totally agree with the opening of Nausicaa. It's like, what? It's like entering a new world, a dream world. And A Summer's Day too. the beginning of that film is like, it's nice and everything, but like the, be- like the beginning scene in the car, it already feels like you're inside like a dream space because of the music. Do you get that? Like, yeah, yeah. it feels like I'm dreaming. And it's not even like when you get to the fantasy aspect, but even at the beginning, it feels like it's like floating in some abstract world. I don't know. I love a summer's day and the sixth station too is so sad and it's so nice. I also love, very simple, simple music there. But about very the, like entering to the world at the beginning of Princess Mononoke, the greatest film. Um, <laughs> it just starts out with this really low, these low strings and you, and I think there's a shot of like this dark forest or something and you really feel like you're just like entering into it and it sets up everything after that. Right, and then the title card comes say... and you hear the theme from for The Legend of Ashitaka, you know, like yeah, the yeah. yeah, that's so like, good. I love... It's like a tsunami hitting My brother you. was talking to me about that theme because it feels like the notes as they like it doesn't finish itself like yeah it's so yeah. interesting that way i was watching this I, video about joe hisaishi and he was saying he takes a lot of stuff both from like impressionistic classical composers but then he combines it with the like old traditional japanese scales and that's why it sounds so unique sometimes right mm, i saw that video that's too I didn't understand like 50% of it, but it was very interesting indeed. Um, I I have, like, I'm thinking about Princess Mononoke, and I'm thinking like, I'm I'm watching Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring right now. And I'm like, I mean, I've I've, I've seen it before, but I'm like, after watching Princess Mononoke, it feels like they were, it was like, it's kind of like on the same thing. And I, I wonder if there was like, especially for the score, if there was some inspiration for the, for just like this, this like, this grand epic score with, but yet really, really simple in its melodies. Like in that, that it feels very Princess Mononokian in, <laughs> in, its, in its score, honestly. And I wonder if, Jokisaishi inspired it in somewhere. Even it's like just the vibe of Princess Mononoke is very, I think, shows up a lot in in just the look and just how the feel of of the Lord of the Rings movies. It's interesting you say that. I don't know if it's like actual influenced by it, but also you know how Lord of the Rings score is very famous for being character set like driven, like each character mm-hmm. has a theme mm-hmm. and everything. It's funny because Princess Mononoke also kind of has that. Like if you see the songs. Right. They're like divide. It has a lot less characters, and it's not a right. movie. It's a lot less screen time, so it doesn't do any like. I, I'm sure it doesn't do anything fancy for it, but it. I mean, and I guess a lot of movies do that. I don't know. 
but it's like divided into like some songs have like the characters' names, you know. So it's like, oh, maybe I don't know.、Hmm. <laughs> um, I my favorite Miyazaki movie and one of my favorite movies ever is Kiki's Delivery Service, and it the the score itself is kind of going. It came in this time where I think he was. It was after the year after Totoro, and we're coming at a time where he was Joey Sai. She was probably heading toward a lot more symphonic, like、uh, more classical music, like rather than <laughs> he was always successful. How <laughs> dare you? He rather than just、um, rather than like in the, in like the electronic synth side of things, but still, like he he manages to like capture. The, the the moods so well, the excitement of just like a really bright day, which sounds so childish when you think about it, but like it's just like this. It's about like being young and traveling and being excited to be in a new place, and how exciting it is to just like walk around and <laughs> explore a new new place, and it's so. It's so the score itself is so young and lively, and I, another one that I just feel just fits so well for what the movie does.、Uh, it's called A Town with an Ocean View, and、oh, it plays、no. when when Kiki first comes into the European town, and it's just filled. It just like exemplifies the wonderment that she's feeling when she comes when she comes in, and when she enters the town, it's like just this. He he, I think Joey Saishi. Even though he's been working with synth stuff, he's also a master at knowing how to use instrumentation within the orchestra really well. And he's he's kind of using different different sounds of the orchestra and knows how to blend it well. Okay, can you hear like the fan of my computer? I hope not. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a Do you have a Do you have a mic? Oh, maybe I can. Oh God. Let that baby cool down. Turn your brightness down. Do whatever you need to do. Let it cool down. Why don't you blow on it? <laughs> what about? Wait. What? Now it's good. Now it's good. Now it's good. Now it's really good. Okay. I changed to my AirPods because it's called problem solving and lateral thinking.、Uh-huh. Anyways, I want my favorite is Ayushi's score. They're all great. I also want to shout out the wind rises because we haven't, we didn't. I don't think we were going to talk about that,、um, but it's also an incredible score. Which I also feel like, if any movie, I feel like you would like the wind rises, Nolan. I don't know. I, I feel like I it's、know. probably the one that yeah, you like、right. the most. Yeah. Wind do, do rises. Do I watch that one or do I watch Aristotle's favorite movie of all time? Ma, you know, Mononoke first. Mononoke. Watch Mononoke. Watch Mononoke. Yeah, watch Mononoke yeah. first. Um. <laughs> Anyways, but my favorite Hisaishi score is Porco Rosso, and probably also also my probably also my favorite Miyazaki film. Some days of the week, some other days is Totoro. <laughs>、um, I love Porco Rosso because it's like it has a nostalgia factor to it, and just the overall film is like it feels like this this thing. It's like How do I explain it? It just feels like they're in the middle of a war, but they have this thing in the Adriatic Sea, and it's like a summer full of adventure, light-hearted adventure in the middle of like 
reality and it feels like a fantasy inside this whole like awful thing and you have a lot of sub like feelings of sadness and tragedy underneath the whole lighthearted thing it's really like like a sub layer to it that makes it all feel bittersweet it's a very very bittersweet movie and i love the score because it has that same feeling of like something that has happened a long time ago and it's like this beautiful moment that now doesn't exist but that you still hang on to i don't know it's just so beautiful and every uh, every not every not every song every single song but a lot of these songs i love them so much and it there it has so many fun songs like the wind of ages but then it has some really sad songs like in search of a of the distant past and i also love theo 17 i will give a shout out to that song so <laughs> many so it's just i love 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 porcarosa soundtrack i feel like as I've gotten older watching it, it's really got, like, it's aged really well because I remember when I was little watching Poco Rosso, some of that more, like, melancholy stuff, I remember I was, when I was little, I was like, oh, this feels icky. I don't, I don't like, <laughs> like that there. People, I can be sad, but now I feel mm-hmm. like I appreciate it more. Oh, my God. Can I read like, the thing that Miyazaki said about Poco Rosso? <laughs> That's really <laughs> yes, funny. Yes, Wait, hold on. Yes, he says. Porcaroso is designed to be a work that businessmen exhausted from international flights can enjoy even if their minds have been dulled from lack of oxygen. It must also be a work that boys and girls, as well as aunties, can enjoy. But we must never forget that, first of all, it is a cartoon movie for tired, middle-aged men whose brain cells have turned to tofu. <laughs> Beautiful. Good line. Good line. This is a line from Starting Point. Miyazaki's Miyazaki's book. Um, I think that would that's a nice place to end our conversation. And Joe Saishi, do we have any closing thoughts? Um, I have one quote I remember from Miyazaki, and it's pretty brief. Go ahead. It's not that brief. I don't know. So I found, I found it in one of his journals online, and it was, I hate America. I hate the, the America that dropped the bomb and doesn't regret it. And so naturally, um, I would hate all cars because they come from America. And then he says, <laughs> so when my mother had our first, when my wife had our first child, and I wanted her to go to the good nursery school, I suffered so greatly to get my driver's license and drive her there. And then he said, <laughs> my wife suffered greatly giving birth to my child, but I suffered greater. Nolan, did you know Miyazaki won Best Animated Feature for Spirited Away and didn't show up to the Oscars because he was like, it was in boycott of the Iraq war. Because because you don't go to the Oscars when you win. Woody Allen did this. Woody Woody Woody. In in the words of Woody Allen, you yes. don't show up to the Oscars. Where is that from? <laughs> no, Woody Allen just doesn't show up. You know, he's never like gone to the Oscars. Oh really? Yeah, he gave he came once to give a speech after nine eleven, I think. But I think and he's won like probably like three or four times, and he has not. He's never picked it up. Winning writer in the history. And he's never gone. 
That's funny. <laughs> it's like it's almost like he pre-canceled himself, you know. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna just not show up because I, I know some. I know something's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just not show up, and that way, no one can say anything about me. Oh wait. Oh. Yes. Well, that's it. Right. Any <laughs> any other thoughts? I Beyond Woody Allen. I, do you urge oh, everybody to listen to Joe Saishi scores on Spotify? Give him a listen um, on Spotify. What? Give him, a, give him a save. Give him a like. Give give him a like. Help him help help a dude out, and watch Joe Saishi did a live concert called Live in Budokan <gasps> on YouTube. It is about two hours, and it's just a compilation of all of his scores. It's just it's it's a live concert of him conducting. Uh, it's like like ten about ten to fifteen minutes each from various Miyazaki movies and scores that he's did. He did. Wait. It is incredible. Best one of the best concert movies ever. It's one of the incredible. best things I've ever seen. Honestly, well, amazing. Also, Wait, he did. yes, incredible. We have to mention that that orchestra. It's like a bunch of like a whole lot of people and like it's huge. It looks like or something. People. It's twelve hundred yeah. people. In the orchestra and choirs combined, twelve hundred people singing and playing and whatever, and he's like orchestrating them all, and then he's also playing the piano, and it's like in this huge theater that's I don't even know how big it is, but I think it's like one of the biggest ones in 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 Japan. It's normally used as a sumo wrestling stadium. Yeah, there's a lot of bands. concerts there because it's so it's so monumental it's sold yeah, out the Beatles okay. <laughs> well i think it's it's sold out and it's great that it's sold out for, for good reason very powerful and i love that concert and it's one last thing i was in letterboxd i lot i was seeing this this concert in letterboxd and i saw i had one fan you know so like one person had it on their their favorites and I clicked on the fan, and they also have Lord of the Rings on their favorites. What a coincidence! Who would have thought? Hmm, who would have? Who would have thought? What's up with that one? What's up with that? Um, it's his burner letterbox account. <laughs> big, big fans of big fans of Joe Hisaishi in this Howard in the Shore residence. <laughs> in conclusion, Joe Hisaishi is great. Listen to him. Watch Ghibli movies. Nolan, go watch Princess Mononoke. Um, I feel like our listeners have seen more Ghibli movies than I have. <laughs> During his next episode, we're going to talk about Salt Base Bass. Is it ba- Bass? Uh-huh. Bass, yeah. Thal Bass and Elaine Bass. I don't know Bass. how to pronounce it by then. Exactly. Thal Bass and Elaine Bass. I don't know how to pronounce it. Elaine and Soul Bass, who do title sequences, and we also mm. we also have uh, um, a very a special, special guest. guest, which won't be Aristotle, sadly. Thank you, Aristotle, for joining. Thank, Thank you for Aristotle. It's been I the hope... greatest honor. It's for that, us. that morning this... when I received the letter from Sebastian in the mail. <laughs> they said, is this... you know. <laughs> Aristotle, is this like top 10, top 10 best moments of your life? I, I think it this should. Is this is top 10 best moments of my top life. Top one. When he sent top me Top one. On Facebook, <laughs> one. 
<laughs> I N. I knew I had to respond. Yeah, just so you know, I don't know any of these people. They just came to me. Yeah, I mean, you're a complete stranger. I've literally, I've literally never met you. I hope, I hope we can talk again sometime. Well, I don't know about hope. I don't know about hope. Like, <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, I think, right. I think. Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, cool I gotta go. Oh no, I gotta go. <laughs> Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. yes, thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Maestro. Um, Podcast. Nolan, question. <laughs> no.